Hello and welcome to the Frank and Fearless Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Harris. Uh, I say this every week, but I am joined today by a special guest. Um, some of you may well have communicated with this person before, um, but she's the person that keeps me in check, keeps me sane, and is often frank and fearless with me. Uh, it's not my wife, Naomi. It's probably somebody that could be known as my second wife. It is my wonderful business manager, Kelly Neal. Hello, Kelly. Hello. <laughs> You've made me chuckle there. <laughs> Kelly is actually um, my business manager and is also my editor for my podcast. So we're going to cover those two subjects pretty well. Let's start off with actually podcasts. Because, Kelly, you've been doing podcasts for quite a while. Just share with the audience how you got into it and why you think podcasts are so wonderful. Yeah, so I started podcasting about four years ago. I went to a talk on why podcasts are good for your business. And I went in with the mindset of, oh, I'm never going to start a podcast. And came out of the talk going, I'm totally starting a podcast. And at the time, I was in the birth business world, uh, supporting pregnant women. And that was what my podcast was about. It was all about supporting plus-size women and their pregnancy. And I loved it. And I am probably not the person you ever want doing your social media for you. I do not enjoy doing social media. I find I have a lot of blocks to using social media. So I hardly advertise my podcast. And yet I found listeners and people were messaging me through social media. And it built really quickly. And mm. I was amazed at how, on the one hand, my social media wasn't that great. I wasn't very consistent with it, but I was consistent with my podcast and I was getting clients from it, which was just fab. So I continued to do that. And then when the pandemic hit, the nature of my business meant that I couldn't do most of the work that I was doing because I couldn't see people in real life anymore. Some of it went online and then I thought, you know, maybe it's time for a change. And I spent a lot of time deciding, am I brave enough to make a change? And I thought, yeah, I am. And that's when I sort of transitioned into this completely different world of supporting people in managing their businesses and also upskilling myself so that I could become a coach and coach people to develop their own podcasts and get their voices heard. So that's mainly what I do now. Cool. So... What makes a good podcast? I think what makes a good podcast is the person who owns the podcast having complete alignment with the content of the podcast. So that's the first thing. I come across a lot of people. So I work with people who have no podcast and help them start. And I also work with quite a few people who have a podcast and are a bit stuck. The conversation I have with either of those types of people is... What is it that you want to get out into the world? What message do you want to spread? You know, if you could just talk about one thing, what would that be? And that doesn't always have to be what the name of your business is, for example. It can be. Mm -hmm. But for some people, it could be quite different. And that's okay because it's still bringing people into your world and helping them to get to know you. So I think when you're aligned with your content... People will absolutely hear that and they'll, you'll then get into that no like and trust factor. People will totally get who you are and what you're about. The other thing that makes a great podcast is good sound. 
And we have to try and control that as much as we can through, you know, trying to record in a room that doesn't have loads of noise, um, that you've turned your notifications off on your computer, um, all these little things that make a difference, that you have a microphone. Where are you currently recording now? <laughs> I am recording in my children's bedroom. So the reason that I'm so honest about where I record is because I want people to know they don't have to be in an expensive studio to get good quality sound. And on my podcast, which is called Powerful Podcasting, I've done an episode just about that. You know, I sit on the floor in my children's bedroom when they're out, obviously, <laughs> because there's a lot of soft furnishings. It is the quietest part of the house. I'm not worried about the road that's near us. We can't hear the cars and it creates a really nice quality sound. I know a lot of podcasters who record in their wardrobes. Again, mm -hmm. it, it gives them that nice quality sound. So no one ever has to think, oh, I don't have studio sound, therefore I can't do a podcast. Sometimes we have to get a bit creative, maybe a duvet over our head if we're doing a solo. Anything that creates that really rich sound quality, just do it. Don't let it stop you getting your message out there because that's the important thing that you want to get your voice heard so you've, you've mentioned obviously about potential location from a hardware perspective and software perspective just give a very quick couple of recommendations as what you would suggest yeah absolutely so i think if you're going to be recording a podcast you need a microphone without a microphone the sound quality can be very patchy and you don't have to spend a fortune there are some like i'm using a yeti mic it's quite a standard podcast microphone in the podcasting world and you can get those for under 100 pounds you can get even cheaper ones the bottom line is when you get your microphone learn how to use it so, so with some of my clients, I'll hop onto Zoom and say, right, adjust your microphone, you know, adjust the positioning and get it to the best it can be. The other thing I recommend is headphones. These are really simple things. So always wear headphones when you're recording. Headphones that plug in, not headphones that are wireless. Because again, if that wireless fails, it will have an impact on your sound. And then for recording, if you're doing solo shows, there's free software like Audacity, and then we're recording now on Riverside FM, which is a great way to do interviews. So there's lots of different options. That means you can get into podcasting at any price point. You can spend just a few pounds. You can spend probably a hundred pounds getting started, or you could spend thousands and you can still get a great quality audio. Awesome. So I know that uh, you will put the details of your podcast uh, in below this one so that if people want to find it, they can do, which will give more information. Important point. So there's going to be a number of people that are listening to this podcast who uh, know me or have come across me and they're going to be leaders because that's what, you know, this is the leadership podcast, um, Frank and Phyllis leadership podcast. If they're a business owner, a manager, a leader, why would they think about having or running their own podcast? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think it depends on the type of organisation that you're within. So if you are a leader in your own business, so you have established that business and are growing that business, then the traditional route of starting your own podcast to get the message heard about your business is a great way. But I can kind of imagine some people listening to this who perhaps work in organisations where they're employed by that organisation thinking, well, this isn't really a route 
for me. But I want to tell you about private podcasts because this can be really interesting. If you think about how we communicate with our teams, sometimes maybe that's email or maybe we send newsletters, however you do it. One of the new ways of podcasting is private podcasting. And that means you can set up a feed for a podcast and only certain people can listen to it. So it's not public for the entire world to hear. It can be for your organization. You can disseminate information. You can pick up on whatever messages you want out there to those staff members, or you could have it just for the leadership team. And it's a really quick and easy way to do that. So I think it's interesting to think about podcasting for leaders in those two different ways. If you're in a position where you can just get out there and tell the world all about what you do, what your organization does and the message that you want to get across, a podcast is amazing. But if you are employed by an organization and not necessarily in that position or don't feel that a podcast might be right for that organization, a private podcast could be amazing because then you know that your staff can just listen to that information. And um, what about if you have a particular hobby or passion outside of your work that potentially you would want to be doing as well? Oh, I mean, I am a big advocate of people just starting a podcast on whatever they love. You'd be amazed the types of podcasts that people have out there from just talking about books to talking about Lego and true crime, my favourite podcast genre, true crime. And you can, I mean, with any podcast, you can go through the route of monetizing that podcast so it becomes an income stream. Even with hobby podcasting, you'd be amazed how you can monetize that too. I mean, some of the true crime podcasts that I listen to have tens of thousands of downloads and they are monetizing those podcasts. So it would have started as a hobby project and suddenly they're like big celebrities in the true crime podcasting world and bringing in tens of thousands of dollars a month, the ones that I know of over in America. So even if you're not bothered about monetizing, if you just want to get your passion across to people or even just think, oh, I just want to say this out loud, a podcast can be great. And I was reading something interesting this morning. Someone was worrying about, I was in a, a podcast group Someone was worrying about the fact they had like nine downloads on an episode. And another podcaster said, can you imagine having those nine people in a room? And if you were able just to have that conversation with them, you'd be really pleased with that to be able to speak to those nine people. So I think it's really important, especially when we're starting out in podcasting, that we don't worry about the numbers and the metrics. What we focus on is getting great quality content out there because all of that will naturally grow over time. We have to start by putting the quality out there first. So can you, you pick, I just pick up on, you said about monetization. Um, can you give some examples of mm -hmm. how people are monetizing their podcasts? Absolutely. So it can be in ways such as using Patreon. So Patreon is um, a website you can go to and you'll see it's not just podcasts that use it to monetize, but podcasts can have a Patreon feed and you can, for example, maybe have some private episodes that you want to record. So some podcasts do where they have ads in their public episodes 
but in their Patreon feed, it's ad-free. So you might be at like the $5 level. You'll hear say, oh, and at the $5 level, you get this. And usually it's ad-free and maybe some additional content. And then you get to the $10 level and it might be then you get sent some stuff through, you know, so you can monetize that way. Now, interestingly, after people having a lot of success through Patreon, um, Apple have started to allow subscribers. So originally we used to say, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Now we have to say rate and follow because with Apple, they changed it to subscription means you pay like $4.99 a month to be able to listen to the additional content. So you can do that in lots of ways now. There's also um, merchandise. So if you've got a podcast and people want to buy things, so maybe related to your business, you can sell that way. You can also sell your courses. So very much advising people to let people know what you do. It's okay for you to be your own sponsor of your episode. So if you listen to podcasts, you will hear sponsorship from people like Audible or HelloFresh and all these big sponsors. But remember, if you haven't got the download figures to be able to get that kind of sponsorship, be your own sponsor. It's okay to say, guess what I've got coming up? If you're interested, let's talk because that is a great way to monetize your podcast. There are so many different options and it just depends on what's right for you and your podcast. And that's why it's so good to get that individual support to see what's the right route for me personally and this podcast. Can you just talk to us about some of the podcasts that you've helped support and uh, edit? Just interested to kind of get some ideas on the success that some of your clients have had with regards to podcasts. Yes, yeah, so mainly I support female podcasters. They are all business owners and they are all wanting to get their message out there in a different way. They range from very spiritual podcasts through to business growth podcasts. And we're definitely seeing traction being built, both for them and their business, and listener numbers growing. And, you know, the thing that most of them, I think, say is that they just love the act of podcasting. They love connecting. Mm. They love being able to share their message with people and hit a wider audience and gain new clients. I mean, that's as much as we love the podcasting, most people are doing it to grow their business, get in front of people who they may not normally do, or people that haven't got time to scroll through social media and build things up that way. The majority of people that listen to podcasts will be in their car. So what an amazing way you can get in front of somebody because you can't check your social media when you're driving. You know, you can't get onto YouTube when you're driving, but you can have a podcast. You can be in someone's presence when normally we can't access them. What's been great for me is uh, it's been great for me to just reconnect and chat with people that some of which I've not spoken to for a long time, to reconnect, to share, to get their views and opinions. And it's almost actually as a byproduct of just kind of reconnecting with people. I mean, I, I think one of the... One of the frustrations, but also kind of the nice things is, is that you don't actually know who's listening unless they let you know. 
So for me, it's been really lovely just to kind of have people that I haven't, that I've not, some of them I've not seen for 10 years, just kind of reach out and just go, hey, Adam, I just heard that latest podcast interview. It was like really cool. It's like, ah, Ivor, how are you? I've not, you know, he's probably listening to this. Hi, Ivor. Um, Hey, how you doing? Not spoke to you for like, you know, a long time. How's things going? What's going on? What's new in your world? Um, So... Uh, in a world where there's so much noise, I've actually found it really, really valuable to just reconnect with people and have a reason to kind of have a chat and discussion. Um, just before we move on from talking about podcasts, what's the one thing that you would do, the first thing you would do if you were going to start a podcast, and what's the one thing that you definitely wouldn't do? The first thing that I would advise anyone who wants to start a podcast to do is to really connect within and think what is what is it I want this podcast to be about and not go for the obvious thing of like oh I'm a business coach I should call it the business coaching show you know what is it that you deliver what value do you bring into the world and what would you be happy talking about every week I think the thing that you should not do is go out and buy loads of expensive kit before you figured out exactly what this is going to look like and if you need that expensive kit, uh, it's not necessary to spend lots and lots of money unless you want to, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, if you, if you think I want top of the range everything, that's okay. But you absolutely don't need to. So don't go and buy all the kit before you've decided how it's going to look and sound. Cool. And just remind us, uh, your podcast is called... My podcast is Powerful Podcasting, and you can listen to it on all the normal channels, Apple, Spotify, and if you listen to it on anything else, you will find it there too. Awesome. Thank you for that little plug. Okay, let's talk, let's move the conversation on now. So I want to talk about leadership delegation. So you and I have now been working together for about a year. Mm. I brought you on as, as my business manager. Um, first question, what's it like to work with me? Oh. I feel like this is a loaded question. <laughs> What's it like to work with you? It's, um, as you would imagine, I think it's a lot of fun because you are sometimes quite laid back and, well, most of the time laid back. And I think it goes back to the, the things that you mainly talk about with Frank and Fearless, having focus, flow and fun. And I think you bring that into the essence of our working relationship because sometimes we have to have that focus and most of the time I think we're in flow and moving things forward and you always do it with that air of fun. So I think you live and breathe within your business what you tell other people, which is great because it's a great environment to work within. And sometimes I have to, you know, say something to you and you take it on the chin and it's awesome. <laughs> Um, so I'm often talking about this aspect of delegation, delegate and elevate. Mm -hmm. Um, there are people listening to this and, uh, and, and I, I've struggled over the years. Um, I still struggle. I think, um, this aspect of letting go. So in, in your role, um, as a kind of a business manager and working, not just with me, but with a number of other people, um, for somebody that is, is being delegated to, what are the things that you need and want from somebody that's managing or leading you? That's a great question. I think what anybody who is working 
with a business owner needs is clarity. Because if there's not clarity on what you are wanting to deliver, it's really hard to do the work behind the scenes. And at the end of the day, we are you know, merely contractors. It's not our business. And if the business owner has great vision, then it's easy to be on board with where things are going. So I think that's really important. Clarity. Trust as well is really important. And I think that's where trust has to be built. My preference is to work with somebody to build that trust, to prove that, that actually, yeah, we can do this and we can work well together. And sometimes things will fall down and things won't go to plan. And it's about having open and honest conversations. And I think that for me, again, is the main point that I would make is when you are or whoever you are in that relationship, whether you're the one delegating or you're the one being delegated to, is to be able to have open and honest conversations and not feel from either side like it's an attack. You know, it's okay to, it's okay to make mistakes as long as you can have ownership over your mistake and see how can we do it better next time. And it's okay to have those conversations. Sometimes it feels like you have to be a bit brave to do that. But I think one thing that I've learned working with you is actually it should just be a normal part of how you work with someone. And we meet weekly. And I think that enables us to have those conversations sometimes with, because we always celebrate wins whenever we meet, which is really great. And you know, even to the point with the tool that we use, uh, with traction tools, where at the end of our meeting, we score the meeting. Like, how did that go? And I think that just gives, for me, that focus of, I know where we're at. I know where we're at in our business relationship so that nothing's festering. There's no worry. We just deal with things. And that makes for a very productive relationship, I think. I'm just reflecting on some great, great points there. Uh, clarity creates confidence. Um, setting expectations, vision, um, consistency of connection. Um, and, and I think by having all of that, actually for me, allows for, you, in theory, you're creating the framework that allows to have those more difficult, frank and fearless conversations because... Um, the environment and the consistency allows for them to be part of the process as opposed to for a lot of times for a lot of people is that they don't actually say what they think because there's a fear of what the consequences are going to are going to be and uh, i think um i don't think i know that that's the role of the leader but also it's a role of those people that are within the team is that if you're not getting the answers that you want or need is that you've got to hold your hands up and go hey I'm not happy. Okay, cool. Well, what do we need to do to, to kind of deal with it? And I think there's a, there's too much complacency that happens within relationships and organizations. And, you know, uh, that's our role. That's our mission to uh, help individuals, organizations, businesses, and teams become more frank and fearless. And I completely agree. And I think, you know, in just saying that, what you just said about the role of frank and fearless to help people with that, you know, like you say it in that way of like, I've got my radio DJ voice on. But actually, if you hear what you just said, that is so important. Because 
it can sometimes feel unsafe in any kind of working relationship. And that usually is because there's some kind of power imbalance. Now, obviously, if mm. you are a leader in your organization, you are at a higher level. So yes, there is an imbalance there in terms of you can make different decisions. You have more control. But when I say power, I think sometimes people are able to wield that power over people to make them just feel crap. So being able to be a great leader, I think is seeing somebody who can use that power that they have within the organization in a way that, like you say, helps to elevate others, that doesn't keep people down, that doesn't make them feel scared to be as part of that team. It feels safe. And even when there's a difficult conversation, it can feel safe because you have that trust. And I think that's really important. And I think that one of the great things that I've seen from you is that ability to be able to kind of cut through that and help people see how things can be different and help people have those more difficult conversations. I mean, as we've heard on this podcast, a lot, well, I wouldn't say a lot, a few people, you know, when you say to them, how did we meet? They start by saying, well, I didn't like you at first. <laughs> Not everybody says that. And that is because of the level of challenge you brought into that situation. But then what we hear from them is actually that completely turned around because they started to understand your approach and see how things changed for them within their situation. And outside of the podcast, having spoken to some of those people, hearing how it continues to have an impact, that initial challenge that you've brought has an impact on their decision-making moving forwards, even years on. And that's powerful. And that's what you help people to bring to their organisation as well. Yeah, I think, the, I think the challenge a lot of the times is that we're in a... The world of business, I don't think it's just business. I think the world, the world in general is that we, we've created a society of conforming. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, how are you today? Oh, I'm absolutely fantastic. The world is just like a most amazing place. And it's like deep down, somebody's thinking, I'm having a really crap day. Mm. Um, but we don't want to say what we really think. So I, I, I think, no, I don't think I know that I've been doing this for such a long time that I'm able to see and understand and read people very well. And I, I kind of thrive a little bit on being a bit controversial and being challenging and sometimes very, very challenging because what I'm looking to do is I'm looking to make people kind of, you know, take that step back and go, oh, okay, uh, nobody's ever pushed me like that before. But that's where the growth mm -hmm. comes from because if we stay in this level of complacency uh, and we're all nicey-nicey, then actually we're not going to be able to push forward and do the things that need to be done. And, you know, not just with individuals, but especially with teams, is we need to be having the, the the right conversations with the right people at the right time because if we don't we're stagnating and actually what's happening is mm -hmm. is that you know we're creating a almost a cancer within a business that's just going to grow and grow and grow and all of a sudden you know situations external forces happen um you know the competition out suddenly starts outperforming we just need to, you know, have the right conversations with the right people at the right time. And 
I always look at um, not just my role, but you know, with the other coaches that we've got, is that our role is to create the framework and the conditions that allow that to happen. And often, once we've done that, is that you know that's the work that we've done. You know, uh, I, I remember a client that you know um, we were working with last year. It took six months. All of a sudden, the team of six. Uh, they're having the right conversations consistently. The meetings are all set up, and they're moving fast. Very, you know, they're moving forward very fast, very quick. We're not needed anymore. Cool, that's great. So yeah, it's, it is important. I think I think often, probably the best way to do this is though for those people that are listening is think about the meetings that you've had within the last couple of days, and as you sit there and or as you're driving and you're listening and you're reflecting. What are the meetings that you didn't actually say what you really thought? Why didn't you say what you really thought? And that's the thing that you and the rest of your team need to really think on. And that's where that's where having somebody external like me or one of our other associates to come in or start and create the space for those open conversations is really key. Absolutely. And I think also, just going back to the podcasting conversation... Like one of the things that I teach people is about amplifying their voice and having confidence in what they have to say. And it's exactly the same in a business. When you're sat around with other people, you know, it's it's okay sometimes to be afraid if you've got something to say, you don't know how it's going to land. And it's okay to say that thing as well. You know, it's okay to feel discomfort and still do it anyway. And I think that's the thing that people need to become okay with because sometimes these things have to be said and it is okay to have that message heard. One of the key messages that I took from the book Traction, which is from EOS, which is what we use on a, on a weekly basis and I've helped implement it at a number of businesses, is that they, they talk about something called best level thinking. Uh, I think we you know, we've been inherently taught to strive towards as close towards perfection as possible. And sometimes actually what you just got to do is you just got to go, right, currently, th currently, based on the information we've got, this is our best level thinking. So this is the decision we're going to make. Mm. And not be afraid to kind of the following week going, actually, do you know what? The parameters have now changed. Um, now we need to change and we need, need to shift. But if nobody is too hung up and too strung up on a decision or the emotion that sits behind it, is that actually you're able to move uh, a lot faster, a lot quicker, be a lot more nimble and kind of going, you know, it, we don't need to point the finger. Actually, it's joint responsibility. Let's cut the crap and let's just, you know, uh, push forward and move on. And I think that ongoing conversation as well. Yeah, it's about creating the conditions for success. And, and also, if you create the conditions for success and you're doing the, the feedback score and you're getting the feedback loop all the time, it's like, okay, so things aren't working. Okay, cool. What am I responsible for? But what are you responsible for? What do we, what do we need to do to kind of change? Uh, you know, interestingly, just before I got with you, um, coaching call, and we're talking about setting expectations. You know, one thing, um, you know, it's really important to remember this is that some people, most people, need seven touch points to hear uh, and absorb the piece of information. So as a leader, as a manager, uh, somebody that's running a business, you get a new idea or a new uh, thing that's going to, that you want to implement. 
it's your responsibility to ensure that you communicate that through at least seven times in hope probably a couple of different ways podcasts may well be one of them absolutely awesome um kelly uh normally this is the point that i would wrap up uh and then we stop the recording and then i ask each guest to ask me three questions um but i'm going to change my tact on this because actually i think that yeah because um i want everybody the normal listeners to hear the three questions from you because i've got no idea where they're going to go so over to you you get to ask me three questions anything that you want to ask me okay when was the last time you had a frank and fearless conversation when was the last time i had a frank and fearless conversation oh I'm not allowed to say myself because that's cheating, really, isn't it? You know, I gave myself a bit of a talking to. Um, I mean, you can say that because I think that is important. I can. Sometimes you give yourself a talking to. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, I had some news come through a couple of days ago, which was not good news. Um, and I had to tell myself that, you know... Um, Good thing, bad thing, who knows? The situation has happened. It's out of my control. Uh, allowed myself to kind of come out of the emotion, take a step back, look at it a little bit more pragmatically and kind of go, okay, I can understand the decision that has been made whilst I am frustrated. I understand why the decision has been made. Um, I, had to have a I had to have a frank and fearless conversation with my daughter, Amelie, today, actually, uh, 13 years old. Yes, um, seems to have quite a lot of those actually. Um, <laughs> although it tends to be that I get frustrated first, and then I move into a frank and fearless conversation. <laughs> um, so <laughs> sometimes it's a little bit more frightful and frank and fearless than uh, than just. Um, I don't think she listens to this podcast, so I think I'm all right and safe. Um, well, you're about to find out. Know know next you week. Are, I'm abs <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, she uh, she's massively into her books. She loves reading, and she just came into my office um, whilst I was in the middle of doing something, and says that she basically wants to, and I'll try and explain this. Is basically build bookshelves and then put her bed on top of the bookshelves, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, um, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so she just wanted to do it. It's like, okay, let's have a frank and fearless conversation. What do we need to do? How do we need to do it? What's the tools and equipment? By the way, I'm pretty useless at DIY. Uh, so how are we going to navigate that? Um, so, yeah, that was a pretty frank and fearless conversation. A few tears from both sides, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sounds, sounds about right with daughters. <laughs> but I think what you've just oh, made, yeah. you just made a couple of really interesting points that sometimes we have to have those conversations with ourselves. I think especially as business owners, because even if you've got a team working with you, even if you've got peers that you can speak to, being a business owner can feel isolating at times. And you don't always want to tell everybody what's going on in your head. 
So to be able to have that kind of frank and fearless self-talk is important because how often do we have just really negative self-talk? So I love that answer. I just, I just want to, yeah, I just want to pick up because um, I think this is for me where uh, coaching really comes into it because um, if you've got a coach or a mentor or a guide or, if, you know, whatever the word you want to use is that you're able to have those those conversations that you wouldn't necessarily be able to have with yourself. So <clears throat> I often have, um, if I had it uh, last week, one of my coaching clients said, um, when I have a situation and I need to have a conversation with myself, I have you in my head asking me the questions that I know that you would be asking me and it helps me process. And I think I think that's the, I found that that's the massive value of having a coaching experience, whether it be individual or whether it be with a group or a team, is that you you know you can suddenly start thinking, oh, okay, and I've 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 heard this with master those that are in the mastermind groups is that, oh, I know what Stuart would be asking me at this moment in time. Oh shit. Oh, okay, cool, right. So you you the process you don't necessarily need to be in with the person or the individuals is that actually that continues all the way through because you're in somebody's head, but in a positive way. Cool. Second question, Kelly. Okay, so I'm interested to understand how having ADHD impacts you as a business owner in a good or bad way. Um, great question. And I know it's something that you and I have discussed <laughs> on a number of occasions. Yeah, and to be completely upfront, I too have ADHD, so... <laughs> cool. Um... I think the thing is, and it's not just with ADHD, I think it's with everything, is, is that it's understanding where your superpowers are mm -hmm. and it's also understanding the things that potentially can hold you back. Um, and whether that is a, a diagnosed situation or whether it's um, your own uh, your own evaluation. Um, I, I can't remember the quote or who said the quote, but there's something along the lines of, Work to your strengths, manage your weaknesses. And one of the one of the tools that I use is called the A game. You know, what are the things that you're really good at and the things that you love? Spend as much time as you can working on there. And the things that you don't like doing and you're not very good at, um, delegate or elevate through. So that that mentality has kind of always been within my kind of uh psyche. I know that sometimes it annoys and frustrates other people. But actually, respecting and understanding your strengths, but also understanding differences, I think is I think is a is a big part of it. Um, for me personally, I've kind of I have this internal battle, which is I need structure, rhythm, routine, and framework, but I also need to be uh, intuitive, inquisitive, mm -hmm. and go with my gut instinct. So I'm kind of like I'm pulled from pillar to post. So kind of like. Which way do I go? And actually, I know that my best work when I'm coaching or facilitating is is that and I've learned over periods to, to create my own frameworks mm -hmm. and actually is to trust, uh, to use my sixth sense. So like coming on this podcast, I had no idea what we were going to talk about, but I trust in my own ability that... I will, the conversation will guide, the universe will take us there. I do have some spiritual beliefs 
Um, but actually, my skills as a facilitator will mean that we'll go in the way that fit, that is right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been like that with regards to my coaching, with my facilitation, and with my speaking. And the interesting thing with my speaking is, is that mentality, but also coupled with the fact of my sole purpose is to deliver value for the people in the room. And how do I want or how does the organiser want the audience to think or feel as they walk out? So when I understand that that framework, that means that I can then go to work and do what I do best. Now, for some speakers, that absolutely scares the living daylights out of them because they are verbatim in the message and the, and the subject that they're going to speak. That's great. That's why I will never be more than an 8 out of 10 speaker because actually it's about what's going on at that moment as to for me to deliver a kind of a against that and actually that means that i take a huge amount of energy a huge amount of value um and and actually what i've realized over time is is that i'm i'm far better collaborating Mm. and feeding off the energy of other people than a lot of the times doing stuff on my on my own so uh i had the great honor privilege to work with a great friend of mine uh who is going to definitely be a future podcast guest robert craven uh we were we wrote a book together we facilitated a number of different sessions together and it was just it wasn't work it was fun Mm. when i had my vistage groups uh some of the greatest times i had was co-chairing with uh chris everard a previous guest on the on the podcast I caught up with um, a, 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 an ex uh, no, he's still, he's still a Vistage chair in America, Artie, Isaac, great friend of mine. And we've, you know, the relationship that we had kind of, we, we flipped between coach, mentor, and friend, coach, mentor, mm-hmm. and friend. And there's this fluidity as to which uh, hat either of us have got on at any one moment of time. I get energy from other people. Um, that's why I probably love the podcast so much is because it re-energizes me from from listening uh, and getting the answers from people. And also one of the things with ADHD is that you do tend to go on quite a little bit when actually that's probably a really short answer you could give. Third question, Kelly, please. Okay, so my last question for you is how do you see Frank and Fearless making an impact on the world in 2022? Ooh, so my my vision for Frank and Fearless has always been to give individuals, teams, and organizations the chance to have uh, more open, honest, and Frank and Fearless conversations. 2022, we've now got a number of uh, associate coaches um, that we've vetted that understand the thought processes, the methodology, but actually, most importantly, the values that I've got as an individual. Um, how how we engage is as important as to what we engage to do. So, you know, we spent quite a bit, you and I specifically spent quite a bit of time last year getting those people ready to go. Um, for me, it's about this year working with the people that see the value, allowing us to have the right conversations and facilitate and create the space to do so. Um, I would love to be working with as many people as possible. 
Uh, but actually what's more important is, is that we're working with the right people. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the key things that I found, especially over, over the last 12 months, is it's really important to qualify people out as much as it is to qualify people in. in. Um, my stroke, our style is a little bit more, some would say confrontational, but actually it's about creating the right space, the right energy, um, the ability that gives people the permission to go to places that they've probably not done before, to be confrontational uh, with their um, response, but also their respect for other people. That's what I would. That's what we're going to continue to do, and um, uh, I look forward to engaging with uh, with many people in the coming days, weeks, months, and in many years to come. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a good year, and with your and with your support through it as well. You know, yeah. you're you're a big part of the big part of the team, uh, and um, I want to say thank you for all your hard work and energy. She's blushing for those people. You know, nobody could see, but you are blushing. Um, Kelly, uh, thank you, not just for this podcast, but for all the work that you do. Uh, I, I couldn't do what I do without having the right team behind me. And you are a massive part of that. And for that, I'm grateful. I'm also really grateful to you for introducing me to doing a podcast. I, like many people potentially listening to this, had thought about it for, you know, for quite a while, but didn't really have the confidence and also the perception of having the skills to do so. So um, massive thanks for you to, to challenging me and pushing me to do so because uh, I absolutely thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Frank and Fearless Leadership Podcast. I will see you on the next episode. All I ask is that if you have enjoyed this, please, please, please refer or send this link through to somebody else that you think would benefit or value from listening to it. I'm Adam Harris. I'm your host. Till next time. See you later.